0: Being a great engineer takes more than great code. Welcome to Soft Skills Engineering. I am your host, Jameson Dance. And
1: I am your secondary backup host, Dave Smith.
0: I love that we rotate who's the backup host each week. I think it it shares the responsibility effectively.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we actually have an election midweek each week to decide who's going to be the primary one. And it just happens to work out that we take turns.
0: Yeah. There can't possibly be any bugs in our distributed systems code. (laughs) Because there never is in any distributed systems code. Nope. Um, yeah. How's it going, Dave? Not too shabby. Yeah.
1: Actually, have you ever heard anyone say that it's going kind of shabby?
0: <laughs> I think that happens in not America more often, where people are a little more honest. But in America, you say <laughs> either, great. like, amazing, or <laughs> if you say good, then someone close to you has died, and you are distraught.
1: <laughs> I'm good.
0: Yeah. Oh, like, man, oh, what's wrong? Wow. <laughs> Stage an intervention for that person, because <laughs> they're having a hard time. Uh, but but actually, I am good, too. The oh, real great. good. Great. Glad to yeah. hear it. Should we, uh, should we just kick it off?
1: Yeah, let's do it. So um, uh, here's a question from a listener who apparently I forgot to credit. So dear listener, I'm sorry. I didn't write down your name. Uh, the question is as follows. I am a computer science major who still has a couple of years left of school. I also have a part-time job doing web development. I love what I'm learning and doing at work to the point that I question if it's worth investing two more years into school. How would you counsel someone in my position?
0: Um, Let's talk about our our own backgrounds first. So I went to college. I am two classes short of graduation and have been for the last several years. And that's to get your PhD, right? Uh, (laughs) No.
1: (laughs) I'm just two classes short of a PhD. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I think you just take classes and then you get a PhD. That's right. (laughs) I think that's how it works. Maybe that's why I I didn't get one because I misunderstood. Um, That was a computer science degree with an emphasis in bioinformatics. Mm. How about you, Dave?
1: I have a Bachelor of Science degree in computer science. Uh, And I just thought of that episode uh, from Community a few years ago where there was a lawyer and he had a degree from Columbia, but it was the country, not the university. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but so, you don't have one of those. I don't have of one degrees. of those. I don't. I don't have a fake degree from Columbia or a law degree. I just have a computer science bachelor's degree.
0: So the reason I suggested that is because we're kind of biased towards college. I feel like, yeah. Except uh, you're
1: a dropout, Jameson.
0: I am, but like, I'm close enough that my dad uh, gave me credit for it. <laughs> oh, you
1: got an honorary degree, like in crayons? An <laughs> honorary. Dad
0: my dad stopped bugging me about finishing those two classes degree
1: (laughs) yeah, close enough son
0: yeah yeah after a while um i loved college and it totally made me the person that i am today and i would not be that person without going to college so for me personally it was a transformative life experience i was a uh I was kind of like a, I don't know, my friends and I were kind of these like anti-intellectual bros in high school. (laughs) We just like did the least amount possible in school and Uh our goal was to wakeboard as much as we could in life. And and then that was the end of our goals. Um, (laughs) And we've all grown up and matured, but I feel like if if I did not go to college, uh, I would not know things. I would not know that I enjoyed knowing or learning things Mm. like my, my high school experience wasn't. Amazing, and it wasn 't until college that I realized I really like learning and I really like uh thinking and and these activities of the mind are are things that I enjoy and and programming is very much that for me so to me, it changed who I was as a person, and it also led to my career i i didn 't code when I was a kid i didn't i wasn 't one of those kids with a calculator who like whose parents were engineers or anything um so for me, it was amazing
1: so once you like recognize that about yourself, is that when you dropped out of college?
0: No, no, I dropped out of college because, uh, I was working and I had an, uh, like a full time offer that was like, as soon as you're done with this last term of school, then, then this is what you get. And I stroked my chin and said, my college offers online classes. I can just start working right now and do the classes online. Uh, and it's last words. Yeah. There's, there's a (laughs) lot of other stuff you can do online besides college classes. (laughs) Um, so mm-hmm. I never, I never did them. Mm-hmm. It it was not a calculated plan to drop out. Um, it just, just happened. It snuck See, up on me.
1: The reason I didn't drop out was because I played so many arcade games growing up that said, "Be cool, stay in school." You know, <laughs> at the end, like after you defeat the final boss, it was like, "Don't do drugs and stay in school." I'm like, "Okay, I'll do that."
0: <laughs> Thanks, arcade game dad. <laughs>
1: And then i gradu- and then I went through the sixteenth grade <laughs> 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 One
0: and I time- really prepared you for the the real world with all those barrels rolling down <laughs> like horizontally <laughs> flat planes that you had to jump over yeah exactly in a two dimensional
1: world <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> uh, I once went to a chemistry show where these chemists do magic shows, and it they're like for kids. And so, of course, I go and the <laughs> chemist goes, don't worry, kids, I can do this because I'm in the 23rd grade. You're <laughs> 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 like a postdoc student or something. <laughs> anyway, that's
0: awesome. So uh, I feel like it's important to acknowledge that I personally benefited a lot from college. Um, but mm-hmm. I know uh, and and it helped me find motivation and drive to do something with my life. But I think not everyone needs that. Um, I have several friends who are amazing developers who um, didn't go to college at all and I guess it's hard to do like an experiment and take yep. a version of themselves where they had gone to college oh, and I know. compare it but
1: so many times in my life I've wanted to do that
0: but they they are doing great and they're successful and productive and and they don't mm-hmm. have. The, the stigma in hiring against people who don't have college degrees is much lower, especially given all the bootcamp stuff. And mm-hmm. so I feel like there's never been a better time. If you personally can pull it off to not need a degree as a programmer.
1: Yeah. As far as like employability goes, uh, I yeah. agree. It's never been no, never have programmers been more employable with as little formal credentials as today. Does that sound right? Did yeah, I say all those words right. correctly? <laughs>
0: I wouldn't know because I didn't finish college. <laughs> Freaking <laughs> dropouts everywhere.
1: <laughs> I, I personally have had people on my teams uh, ranging from no degree, no high school diploma, to English degrees, psychology degrees, uh, all the way up to astrophysics, doctoral degrees, um, and pretty much everything in between. crazy uh, amount. And so, yeah, as far as like your professional achievability, I don't think there's a ceiling anymore on where you can go just based on where your education ended.
0: Yeah. Um, what about, this kind of ties into the boot camp question. So a lot of people go to boot camps after graduating from college in an unrelated field and kind yeah. of even having a career in that field. And and sometimes that gets used as an argument to say you don't need this four-year formal computer science education because you can pick up some, some very practical skills in a boot camp and then kind of pick the rest up. Yeah. Um, yeah. But what is, how do I phrase this? What about the, just like the, the, I don't know, the maturation, how do you even say that word? The maturation? Mm hmm. hmm. <laughs> See? That is correct. College. Yeah. I, if
1: only you had taken those last two computer ask science the, classes. i a degree
0: holder. How do you, what about the maturation that might occur during college? Like, I feel like a lot of the mm-hmm. reason for hiring bootcamp grads who are mature, experienced people in in other fields is because they learn people skills and they learn life skills and dependability and, and all these kind of soft skills, if you will, that are not emphasized in a pure CS education. And if you don't go to college, you, you might miss out on some opportunities for those as well.
1: Like as a young person, you mean?
0: Yeah, yeah. Just you are 18. Mm-hmm. There's a lot you haven't seen in life. One thing college does is show you a lot of stuff, and that can be helpful for you.
1: At age 18, I already had seen everything and knew everything. Man. <laughs> and you have a degree. You're so far ahead of me. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I think college is a lot more than just the technical skills that you gain. Uh, I, I think there are two other factors that for me were really big. One of them was what I think you were already mentioned sort of, which is it really honed my ability to learn, you know, large volumes of information quickly, uh, learn how to, you know, read tons of material and get the crux out of it quickly, uh, learn how to approach a subject you've never heard of, and then become proficient in it to the point that you can take a test on it or demonstrate it in a lab uh, relatively quickly. I mean, you know, college classes only last 12 weeks, on a, you know, give or take. And the other thing I got out of college was some of the most awesome and rewarding relationships in my entire life came from college. The people that I met there, uh, many of which I'm still in close contact with and many of which I just am like Facebook friends with, but I still love knowing them and having known them um, and it's huge to me like its it 's a really big deal and so i don't tell I like to tell people that professionally your college experience is less important the more that time goes on but from a life perspective, uh, for me at least, and, many, and actually for many people I know, there's a lot more to it that you can get out of it.
0: Yeah, and, and that's, I guess that's where, um, where I'm torn on this question. You can definitely have a successful career mm-hmm. if you're the kind of person who is very self-driven and motivated and, and willing to work hard. I, I suspect, but I have no data that you might be kind of a better rounded human being if you go to college, just because you are forced to interact with all these people in these kind of weird, artificial, somewhat stressful situations. And that just, I think that just teaches you life skills. Um, but where's that? At? Can you get those just as well without going to college from, from working somewhere?
1: Yeah. I think you can get those in most gangs. Oh. So you could. <laughs> Maybe pick up some of those skills. Yeah, Certainly you can. Uh, I I mean, I'm not saying you can't. Um, And it's really hard to speak for anybody else, but from my own personal experience, that was a great place to do it. And I will say that there are people who are are really bothered. Jameson obviously is not one of them, but they're really bothered when they don't finish their degree. Um, I've known several people who just, it troubled them for years. Uh, And some of them finally went back, you know, after their kids were grown and got that degree. And, really, it was just a matter of finishing it for them. Like, psychologically, they had this need, and they just really needed to do it. And so, you know, figure that out about yourself, because, you know, that might haunt you, if you're one of those kind of people.
0: It is interesting how, um, for a long time, college has been the path in life to be successful. You, You go to high school, and then you graduate, and then you go to college. If you're Mm-hmm. If, if If you want to like make something of yourself right it 's like the factory yeah yeah and and I think that actually does some people harm um not everyone is suited to an environment like college and and being forced to go into it means that they miss out on opportunities that they 're more suited to mm-hmm. um so so I think one of the side benefits of uh like the crazy student loan crisis and and mm-hmm. this emphasis on more technical training is. It, it might fit people better where they don't feel like in order to be to have prestige in life they have to go to college. And I think that yeah. I think having more options that way can only be a good thing. Yeah, but, definitely. But I feel like especially if you're getting a computer science degree and you're not interested in 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 research or 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 kind of more advanced computer science y stuff like that as a career. I almost feel like there could be more benefit to doing something else that you're interested in, like kind of a liberal arts degree, uh, because it mm-hmm. would emphasize the, the thing I've talked up as a benefit, which is the broad experience to a lot of different things you wouldn't be exposed to normally. Good point. Like I, I actually love computer science. I, I enjoy reading about it and geeking out about it, but, um, I don't use any of it really. So it's kind of like an intellectual, thing where it's just a a a brain hobby (laughs) i think that's the technical term for it computer Um, hobby science yeah computer hobby science i like that term (laughs) but that's all stuff in kind of the same wheelhouse you know it's what i do for work it's what i do for fun it's it's what i do for a hobby and and i think again coming back to that boot camp thing a lot of those people it seems like are more well-rounded and and they bring different skills and talents to a team because of the variety of experiences.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It sounds reasonable. I don't know. Speaking of that, one of the other advantages to college is, you know, my wife, for example, she took a geology class and they went on this field trip down to like this geological place with rocks. And like they looked at the rocks and it was awesome and she as boring as that sounds, she loved it. And I think to myself, how often in life would you really just go do that? You know, if you weren't being forced to by a college class. Yeah. Uh, and other friends of mine, they took uh, international folk dancing. You know, are you really going to go sign up for a folk dancing class? You know, you just, you probably just won't. But in college, like, yeah, of course I will. <laughs> you know, why not? Yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot of cool stuff uh, that I think you miss out on. And I, I'm kind of repeating myself now and repeating what Jameson said. But don't discount that because it's really cool. And life has a way of getting into a rhythm or a rut once you get out of college and kind of get into the working nine to five life. So... I would say, don't be, to, to people who are young and uh, have a flair for these kinds of things. Don't be too hasty to get into your to settle into the rut. You have your whole life for the rut, um, but you have a limited amount of time when you are a young, you know, twenty something in college, experiencing crazy stuff, um, and uh, don't squander that. That's that. That would be my advice to many people.
0: I'd like to say one more thing about this is, which is when you are very first starting, if you go to college and you study computer science there is a very clear path to your first job. Like mm-hmm. you just present this piece of paper that says, I did this thing and people are like, okay, we'll hire you as a junior developer. Um, and from talking to people, it sounds like the path to getting your first job is, is often a pretty big hanging point for people coming out of boot camps or coming from non-traditional backgrounds. It it always seems like it's some miracle where like they know a person who needs a thing and they build it and someone else sees it and they're like, I like people that can do that. And then they hire them or, it's like this weird chain of yeah, events yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that it seems hard to generalize and repeat. Uh, but with college, it's, it's, it's factory-like. You just go, and then you get a job. It's
1: like automatic.
0: Yeah. So you can definitely do it without that. Um, but in that way, I think it is more safe. Um, I, I was just thinking about this if I were hiring someone. If they had zero experience, then college would be relevant to me. If they had been working for a couple of years, then I wouldn't care if they went to yep. college or not. I'm the same way um but it but yeah that's that's one more thing to consider is It's a lot of work to just get that first job, but it's 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 got a pretty guaranteed payoff i feel
1: Here's one other cool benefit to college um, This is a soft skill thing, but your whole life resets every semester. Often, You know, you get all new classmates usually. Now, depending on, you might be going through some of the same classes with them, but you get a lot of new classmates. Sometimes you move between semesters. You you know, you can, uh, you have new professors that you have to learn how to work with. And every time that happens, you get a chance to change the way you are and try out new ways of interacting with others and see what works for you and what works well. And the reason this is cool is because in real life, sometimes people's expectations on you they, they're sticky, right? It's like, oh, that's Dave. He's the thus and such, you know, insert stereotype X here. Um, and you, you sometimes can become trapped by that. But I'll tell you a funny story about my wife in college. One semester, she changed her name. Like, that's how drastic you can do it. And to this day, we bump into people and they call her that name. <laughs> like They didn't even know. And so you, you, it gives you a great opportunity to experiment. It's kind of like what you were saying earlier, Jameson, about how don't you wish you could like fork the universe and have people go down two different tracks and then see how they come out? Well, you can do that a little bit because of the semester system, and I think that's pretty cool.
0: I feel like um, my true feeling about this is it could go either way, and I've talked a lot about how awesome and all these benefits the college has. But really, I think it depends a lot on the person I think if you're going pure employability, this person specifically has a job already. So my, my gut is college will not help them that much in their career because they have a job and they can point to this experience and they know people already at that job. And, Mm -hmm. uh, definitely
1: as far as your professional like employability goes, definitely.
0: So maybe it's good for you, but it's very expensive too. It's <laughs> true.
1: The opportunity cost often outweighs even the day to day costs.
0: Especially if you're going to a private school and you mm-hmm. have to take out tens to hundreds of thousands of dollars in loans. Um
1: I have one other I have one other thing though. And I know we're kind of I think James and I are both playing both sides of the fence. Um you know like is that the right word? Both sides of the fence? Both both sides of the field?
0: We need a PhD.
1: <laughs> We need a PhD in sports uh, metaphors. Um, And here, here it is. Here's my point. So going to college helped me build confidence because what college was for me was a series of challenges just over and over and over that at the outset all looked insurmountable. But at the end of each class, I surmounted them, all of them. Um, and you know, even when you fail and you, maybe you retake the class, you eventually surmount it or you don't graduate like Jameson. Just kidding. I (laughs) surmounted
0: all the two challenges.
1: (laughs) And, and that really helped me build confidence. And it told me, look, you can do hard things. Given enough time and resources, you can do this. And, um, I don't know for sure if this is the reason, but this may be why I've never really suffered from imposter syndrome, um, where I know a lot of people do suffer from it. And, uh, I wonder if a college experience might help. I don't know. Maybe it would. It, may have, it might have with me.
0: It's possible you're just the best, too.
1: You can't be an imposter when you're the best.
0: <laughs> yeah. One other thing I thought of is we, we've listed all these benefits of college. Um, college is not the only place to get these, though. I mean, you can, you can yeah. try lots of hard things yourself. Absolutely. There's not this built-in setup system for forcing you to do that yourself, though. Yep. So I think, to me, it, it comes down to how self-driven are you. And I was not very self-driven, so college was was great. Um, but I know people who are very self-driven and they're very successful at growing as a person and growing mm-hmm. their career without college.
1: And the, uh, yeah, it's absolutely true. And I think so far we've been speaking to a young audience uh, for most of the comments, at least that I've been making. Yeah. And if you are more experienced, you know, maybe you're in your 40s and, you know, the, the teenage ship has sailed long ago. Um, you know, I'm approaching my 40s now. Uh Now the question is, do I go back to college and get a computer science degree? And it's a completely different conversation at that point. And so I don't think we have time to go into that. But I have a bunch of stories of people who have done that. But we should probably point out, though, that I think most of what we've been talking about is scoped to
0: young people. To to 18-ish people, 18-ish-year-old, 18-year-old-ish. If only I had that degree. God, Jameson, just every day. (laughs) It would have taught me how to say words correctly.
1: Well, that's all I have for that, dear listener. Hopefully that was uh, helpful advice for you.
0: Question answered.
1: Oh, and I just realized the person who wrote this question actually was, uh, he says he's 44 years old. I'm so well, sorry. We totally answered the wrong question. No, that's
0: the next question.
1: Oh, I'm no, you're right. I'm dumb. We totally nailed this last question.
0: You can't be dumb. You went to college.
1: I went to college. I don't do anything wrong. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right. I'm going to read uh, the next question. Okay. This is from a listener named Antonio. And it's pretty short. How do I prepare for an interview? Oh, man, I have so many feelings about the interview process. I I will try to avoid ranting. Uh, I think the number one way you prepare is find out what the interview process is going to be like, because I think it's a lot easier to prepare for a specific process than for interviewing in general, because there's no no stability or agreement on what a good interview process is or what that even means, so everyone kind of does it differently. And often they'll just tell you, if you just ask them, like, hey, what's the interview like? They'll tell you, you meet with these three people, and you'll do, like, whiteboard coding with this person. With this person you'll do some algorithm design problem, and with this other person they'll ask you about distributed systems or something like that. And then great, like, you know, and then you get to prepare.
1: There's very little general advice, though. Jameson's totally right. But I can give one piece of general advice that applies to every interview. And it's going to come in the form of a hilarious story. Are you ready? I'm ready. I taught an interview prep class to a, a cohort of graduating students from boot from a boot camp. And the way I did it is I actually had one of the students come up to the front of the room, you know, like put on some high pressure to make it feel like an interview. And I asked them interview questions in front of their whole class. And this student I asked them one question. They did not know the answer. But rather than saying, I don't know, they just started to make up an answer. <laughs> about a minute into their answer, I just stopped them and I said, do you know the answer to this question? And he just kind of puts his hands on his face and, and says, I mean, puts yeah, puts his hands on his face and says, no, I don't know the answer. <laughs> and I said... I said, look, it's really important that you be honest. If you don't know the answer, you can talk about how you would find the answer. But if you don't know, don't make it up because they'll know that you're making it up. And he goes, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, okay, let's do another practice. So I I ask him another question and he does the same thing. Oh, no. Two times in a row, just starts making it up. And so I stop him and I say, what are you doing? And he goes, I just don't know the answer. And I said, what's going on? He goes, I'm so sorry. My previous career was in public relations. (laughs) He's like, you just, in PR, you always have an answer. <laughs> <laughs> so be honest about what you know because you will be found out if you're making it up.
0: Yeah. That that kind of gets into some advice about specific interview styles. One style, and it's a style that I like, is, is you're not. Quizzing them, like, do you give me the right answers on these ten problems? You're exploring the boundaries of their knowledge, mm-hmm. and you're finding out what do they know a lot about, what do they not know a lot about, and no one knows everything about everything. So, uh, eventually, you will run into something that you don't know. So, uh, if if you don't feel like that's a failure, yep, then then that can be, that can make the process go more smoothly. Definitely. Um, I, I talked about asking the company what their interview process is like. Sometimes the company will have what they think the process is like, and then <laughs> it will not be the same as what the actual process is like. What they tell you might be a little more aspirational than reality. Um, so if you can swing it, the, uh, probably the best way is just ask someone who either works there or has interviewed there what it was like mm-hmm. for them, and then you'll get the real, the real deal.
1: And sometimes you can, you can crowdsource that by using websites like Glassdoor.
0: Yeah, that's true. I have seen that a couple of times. I guess another vague general thing is, um, interviews are, are nerve wracking for the most part. It's, it's like the closest you come regularly to being judged for your value as a person. <laughs> it's true. And it's, it's so different from what it is actually like to work somewhere. Hopefully. If, it, if, if working somewhere was like an interview, then I would not work there um
1: <laughs> like anywhere you've ever
0: interviewed <laughs> yeah yeah but just some generic advice is try and stay calm um the people interviewing like in their heads they know this is a stressful situation people are probably not reacting to their best people sometimes don't even perform their best in general in stressful situations but if you if you even if they know that um seeing someone just kind of like break down under the pressure is is not uh, the way to get a yes I guess like they won't be like this person made stuff up but they're under a lot of pressure so we'll give them a pass so just kind of staying calm even if you don't know the answer or you feel like the process isn't going very well I think that helps a lot too
1: yeah definitely
0: I don't know how to do that but I can just tell you to stay calm and that's easy
1: you could like put secret bluetooth headphones in that are playing Kenny G yeah <laughs> Maybe,
0: or or put Bluetooth headphones in the interviewer's ears <laughs> that are then, that are
1: giving good answers. Yeah, like in I <laughs> your, feel like that shows buddy. up in
0: a million Disney movies. Like in First Kid, <laughs> where the the agent is advising the kid on what to say to the girl. Like, mm-hmm. that's actually probably cheating. So don't cheat. That's don't cheat. Advice. Don't cheat. What about? Here's a, a good question. Often, especially places like Google, these these giant companies that lots of people interview at, it's really easy to find a list of questions that people have asked. How do you feel about that? Just searching for questions and and practicing answers to them.
1: Like ethically or as far as effective interview practice? Uh, Both. Um, If you can Google for a Google interview question, I think it's fair game.
0: (laughs) That's true. You know their product.
1: Uh, Yeah, I I think it's totally fine. Google, I'm sure these companies know when their questions get leaked and they, I'm sure, adapt. Uh, And then as far as practicing, yeah, I think it's a great idea. If you can find examples of interview questions, you should definitely practice. But let me tell you a hilarious story about that. One time at my last company, we had twin brothers come and interview one day after the other. And the first one came in and we asked him a bunch of questions, including a zinger question that he could not figure out the answer to. And He went home, and then his brother came in the next day, and we asked a different zinger question that he also did not know the answer to. But here's where things got hilarious. He gave an answer to the previous day's interview question. (laughs) So we were like, okay, this guy's clearly colluding with his twin brother. And they gave – maybe it was the same person. He just said he was a twin. That never occurred to me until just now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've got a twin brother. Anyway, so he gave the answer to the previous day's question. And we we really just thought that was so unethical uh, that we we felt it wasn't the only factor, but we disqualified him um, on those grounds and others at the time. Because it's like, look, if you don't know the answer, just tell us. It's cool. We can work through it together. But if you're just going to make something up or even worse, cheat and come up with the wrong answer that you're just obviously guessing at, it just says something about you. So
0: anyway, yeah, no cheating. Um, one other chunk of advice I'd give is uh, interview a lot. Um, yeah. Interviews are like anything where I think your performance probably falls on some distribution. It probably depends a lot on what kind of day you're having and what the people are like and whether it's late in the day and they're all tired and grumpy or whether mm-hmm. the room is brightly lit or a dungeon or all kinds of factors that are sort of out of your control. And if you just hang everything on this one interview, um, there's just a chance that you'll have a bad interview. And people have bad interviews and good interviews. Mm-hmm. So if you um, if you interview a lot, you have a wider range of choices. I guess this is supposing you can get a lot of interviews, which is not yeah. true for, for some people.
1: Yeah, if you're just starting out, that might be hard. But uh, when I was less experienced, I used to interview a lot, like a couple times a year, even when I wasn't really looking for the job. And I think we've, we've talked about this, right, Jameson?
0: I don't remember if we have, but I was just about to say that. You, yeah, You should take it away.
1: I did this uh, because I enjoyed it. Like I wanted to see other people's interview process. And what I found was that when I wasn't desperate for the interview, for the job, I mean, I was able to perform much better. And I was able to be calm because I didn't desperately need it. You know, it was like, I'm just doing this for fun. And if it turns out to be a great company, yeah, I'll change jobs. That'll be awesome. And it really made the interview process a lot more pleasant.
0: Yeah, um, one of my friends, check. he talks about how he just goes in interviews every six months, like no matter if he's oh, good for him, happy or not or looking or not, um, partially to keep practice at it and partially just to see what's out there. Like maybe he's, he thinks he's happy, but there's some amazing opportunity out there. And I think that probably helps him perform better in interviews.
1: So uh, Antonio wrote a longer, more detailed question that we summarized into this simpler question. But one of the things he asked was, Um, Should I focus on language fundamentals? And I, like Jameson said, it's impossible to know because every interview process is so different, but I still think you should. And generally speaking, people who are able to talk intelligently about the fundamentals of the tools or language or framework that they're being interviewed for do much better in my experience. Now, that won't be true for every interview. And like Jameson said, it's really important that you figure out the actual process, but you can't go wrong by really mastering fundamentals. That's true. What about the whiteboard, Jameson?
0: <laughs> I think we're, we're going to battle about this. I hate whiteboard coding. I, I hate it so much. Oh, I despise it. Um, because it exacerbates all of the artificial things about the interview. Um, it, it really makes you, it, it pits you against your interviewers. Like you're clearly facing off against them at the front of the room. You're not working in the environment where you code. Like, the whiteboard doesn't have Vim. How do you how do you go up a line or something? You know, like the environment is so different. Um, and and I think it makes it harder to discover what their true skill is because you just layer all this other stuff on top of it. So if someone just totally nails a whiteboard interview um, or, or a whiteboard coding question. That like might indicate that they're really good at their job, but it might just indicate that they're really good at coding in front of strangers on a whiteboard, which is probably not what their job is. Uh, So I kind of hate them. I like whiteboards for things you would use a whiteboard for in real life, like designing a system or like laying out some database schema or something like that. But But I dislike them as just a tool to like test people's knowledge in general.
1: I like to do whiteboard interviews where I put the whiteboard up higher than the candidate can reach. <laughs> <laughs> and then ask them to implement Fibonacci sequence
0: algorithm. Oh, my gosh. So the real test is, will you pull the whiteboard down or like ask for a ladder or something? <laughs> you
1: have passed the test. Congratulations,
0: yes. candidate. And there's a loud gong noise. So
1: whether or not you love or hate whiteboards during an interview, how do you, do you, should you prepare for them? Because they're very common
0: right (laughs) i just prepare by getting all indignant and i stomp out (laughs) i try and intimidate them into going my way (laughs) yeah i guess you should no (laughs) no i don't i don't know i i hate that they exist so i i mean one way that i've done it um which has had mixed success for me is to state very clearly like I don't usually code on a whiteboard. I might miss a curly brace or mm-hmm. like I might get some very specific syntactical thing wrong because I don't have all my tools helping and I farm that stuff out to my tools and I approach it more from a pseudocode perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that can work if they believe you when you say you actually know the language, but like you miss a curly brace or whatever. But if they don't, they're like, this guy doesn't even know what he's talking about. Then that might backfire. Yeah. Um, but, but that, yeah, that enough. in some cases has freed me from wearing like, will this compile correctly? Like that's yeah, the, getting up on the details job to tell me that.
1: Yeah, true. Yeah, I don't know if there's a way to prepare for whiteboard interviews uh, that I've ever employed. Um, I do use a whiteboard a lot in my day-to-day work, but more for the things like that Jameson was just talking about. And so, I don't know. Don't use the yellow marker on a white whiteboard. That's the, that's the tip.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess you could practice, have someone ask you, they put you in a dark room, they put a bright spotlight facing into your eyes, like you're being interrogated, and then they just shout out, like,
1: Reverse a string in place! Yeah. How do you detect a cycle in a
0: linked list? Go! On the whiteboard! I don't know. There, There are books of interview questions you can buy and maybe you just practice doing those on the whiteboard instead of in your computer?
1: You know, as I was just thinking back on all the interviews I've done, and uh, I've used a whiteboard in probably 90% of them, but I can't actually think of times when I've written more than like three or four lines of code on a whiteboard in any interview. So I think I've used them mostly for conceptual discussions and like, Hmm. you know, drawing pictures of architectures or like sequence diagrams or workflows or things, but never really writing code. Really? Uh, yeah, I, I, I've had candidates write lots of code, but I've never had. I don't. I've rarely had anyone ask me to write more than just a a few th- a few lines.
0: Yeah, I've, I haven't had to write like hundreds of lines of code in one interview, but I I feel like most of the whiteboard stuff involves a lot of writing code down.
1: Hmm. Yeah, hard to say. Um, but one way or another, I've not really prepared for that aspect of the interview myself.
0: I I think you can though. And it, it makes sense, too, because for better or for worse, you're going to be judged on your performance in it, even though that doesn't reflect your performance in the job, and I hate them, but <laughs> all I can do is take over the world and forbid them, Make and them until that illegal. happens, they'll still exist.
1: That is true. So in let me sum this one up. Uh, I'd say that we avoided giving any very specific advice because the best technique we know of is quite meta, which is figure out about the specific interview process and then practice for that. And that process varies so much from company to company that there's very little specific advice we can give on like technologies to learn, whether to focus on fundamentals or tool specifics, things like that. Um, it's just so hard to say.
0: Yeah, and and I think practicing by interviewing a lot is another thing I'd make sure shows up in the summer. Yep. just because if, if you get really nervous in them more exposure to them will make you less nervous you'll see a wider variety of things so it'll be less likely you'll be completely surprised by something they just like hand you some balls and tell you to juggle them like what I didn't know <laughs> this was a thing um, yeah I guess we didn't even talk about like developing a rapport with the interviewers mm-hmm. like, there's all kinds of Mm-hmm. You, you'd like to be friendly to them because part of what you're trying to do is make them like you um, for better or for worse again. Yeah. But yeah. Just, just... Just smile a lot. <laughs> yeah, a, a firm handshake.
1: A lot of those, I'll say, soft interview skills um, carry less weight with me, at least, in the interview process. Um, I, I want to make sure you're not a jerk and I want to hire nice people. But most people aren't a jerk in the interview anyway. <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah. that's just because you haven't felt the firmness of my handshake.
1: It's true. He missed seven curly braces, but boy, (laughs) was that handshake firm. Yeah. And did you see the eye contact?
0: I'm still, yeah, I'm not tall, though. That's important, too, to to impress people. It's true. Get some big shoes. Okay, I'll do it. Yeah, I think think we answered this question. Yeah,
1: definitely said things.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We said them. Said them good. (laughs) well Dave how can people find out more about us if they want to
1: for now you should visit us on Twitter at soft skills eng and later actually James and I have been thinking that the internet needs something and what it needs is one more website because we don't think it has enough not quite it has n minus one websites but it needs n websites yeah and so eventually here soon we will be putting up a website that you can also visit In the future,
0: this is a teaser. (laughs) (laughs) A teaser for a marketing website, for a podcast. That's right.
1: (laughs) We know you've all been desperate to be like, where is the soft skills engineering website? Well, your wait will
0: hopefully soon be over. It's coming. (laughs) We're going to hire the movie theater or the movie trailer announcer guy to record (laughs) something soon.
1: Also, this thanks summer. <laughs> This summer, Soft Skills engineer. Uh, thanks, everyone, for all the tweets. We've gotten uh, a slightly elevated tweet volume this week. It's been great hearing from you. Nice compliments. Uh, some people have said some very nice things. And so far, zero people have said mean things, which I'm surprised by. But, you know, don't hold back. <laughs> say, <laughs> say what you want.
0: Um, lots of we'll, good direct we'll messages.
1: Our, our question queue keeps growing.
0: Yeah, thank you so much really nice. You listeners are great.
1: You are great. Even though we can't hear you, we know you're great mm-hmm. by the firmness of your handshake. <laughs> do, do, do TCP handshakes have a firmness level?
0: When I do them, they do. And it's super <laughs> firm. <laughs> yeah, TCP I think that's a, eye contact. That's a kernel parameter you can tweak, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> it's like U limit with a dash, dash firm. <laughs> And then...
1: (laughs) Echo, firmness, greater than, proxys, TCP, net.
0: (laughs) I think that's a sign that this podcast is done. (laughs) Thanks for listening. We'll catch you all next week. Bye-bye.